Language Talk is a series of podcasts of interest to Kentucky World Language Association members seeking information about important events, initiatives, and professional development opportunities. Each month, we will be talking with people in the know about world languages from across the state. Topics range from collaboration to the program review, from ACTFL news to interviews with master teachers. Language Talk is produced monthly by the Kentucky World Language Association Board and the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Kentucky. Welcome to Language Talk KWLA. This is your host, Laura Roche Youngworth, and today's topic is a two-parter, the KWLA Showcase and the second core principle for effective world language instruction and planning, 90% target language use. With each year, the showcase is growing and the opportunities being provided to students to showcase their language skills are becoming more fine-tuned. For our students, attending the showcase is a powerful means of affirmation for what they can do with their second language. For our world language educators, it's a way to measure how our students stack up with others across the state. With me today to to discuss the KWA showcase are Lydia Kelt. Lydia Kohler, sorry Lydia, (laughs) director of the KWA Showcase, and my co-host Jean-Marie Ruye-Willoughby, the host of the KWA Showcase. Welcome both of you. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. Jean-Marie, I noted last night this is our third year. Yes. I didn't realize that, so wow. It's an anniversary. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's kind of exciting. And what a better topic than the showcase. So let's start with the basics. What is the showcase? Well, the showcase is an opportunity for kids to come to a college campus and get a proficiency rating in all of the three modes of communication. It's also an opportunity for students to um, compete for trophies over projects they've completed about the target culture that they talk about in the target language. And this year we're adding the component of being able to see what we can do with language in the future. Uh, We're we're, uh, recruiting uh, businesses and organizations in the community to come and talk to students in a job fair type setting to see where they can go down the road. And the showcase is definitely a reworking of something that already existed, the Foreign Language Festival. So how is it different than maybe opportunities in the past that older teachers like myself might remember? So what's different with this showcase? I remember it too because I was a participant and a judge (laughs) at the collegiate level when I was undergrad. So I completely remember the festival, love the festival, Mm -hmm. but the festival really wasn't a proficiency-based event. And you could paint a picture, but if you couldn't say anything in French or Spanish or whatever language you learn, you could still win a prize. And we felt like as an organization that that really didn't meet up with our purposes and our expectations for students. So that's why it had to be reworked. And it's been this way for, I don't know, at least eight years, I think. Are there some aspects of the showcase that are reminiscent, though, of what teachers would have experienced, you know, several years ago? There absolutely are things that are similar. Uh, For instance, you can totally do a construction model or poem recitation or sing or dance or any number of those festival categories are still available in the project portion of the event. The only thing that's really different is you have to be able to talk about those things and they have to be done individually because we are assessing individual students' proficiency level. 
you are going to dance alone or sing alone. But it's also one-on-one with a judge. There, in the past, the festival, some, some of the events were on a stage and people could watch. This really isn't like that. The, the effective filter should be lower. We shouldn't be as worried about um, how we're going to perform because it's really just the judge and the student who are present for the assessment. That's pretty neat. I, I like that a lot because I do remember we would, I would often have courses and, you know, they would sing and that was it. They'd walk off the stage. There was no interaction with the judge or if there was, it was one chosen token student who right. knew was the best in the group and you're like, no one else speak, just this student. <laughs> and so I do like that aspect about it. Uh, do we have a date and location for this year's showcase? The date is March 25th, and the location is the new Jacobson Science Building and an adjoining building called the 90 on the UK campus. The building is beautiful, um, and there is an atrium that will allow the job fair to be going on or the professional fair, whatever you want to call it, connecting with the organizations, as well as concurrent um, events that expose students to languages and cultures that they are taking or might be interested in taking. So right now we have plans for doing either little mini language lessons, introductory language lessons, or cultural events for Arabic, Chinese, the classical languages of Greek and Latin, Spanish, Italian, French, German, Russian, ASL. And yeah, ASL, <laughs> that is our last one, right? So we're in good shape. So I'm actually excited. Oh, and Japanese. Oh, Japanese. Yes. I, I'm excited the showcase. I'm going to call it coming home because, you know, it, it always was UK is where state was held. Um, I'm really excited for that. I know you all will be sending out emails to anyone participating, but the teachers are getting ready. So silly little detailed questions. Buses, will there be a place for them to park? There will be a place for them to park. Okay. There's parking right near um, the science building that's very convenient, one of the reasons we chose it. Um, and they can drop students off or they can drop them off down near Memorial and it's just right up the street. It's very okay. easy. So there's easy drop-offs. There's okay. convenient places for the buses. What about our food situation? Because, you know, teachers want to know these things. Oh, so. you're right. Well, that's one of the advantages of uh, the 90 in that it has international food court. Wonderful. So students will be able to get lunch there during the break and uh, it's very close to the building, so. Okay, and for those teachers who might be bringing young students, any concerns uh, about the layout or where it is or any notes to tell them or? Well, it's right on Rose Street, so it's very easy to find. Okay. Um, and the uh, two buildings are right next to each other, well, just around the corner from each other. So it's not very difficult to navigate. You're pretty much focused in one area of campus, which and is convenient. If I, it, Correct me if I'm wrong, there's a really easy place where parents could circle around and pick up the kids. Absolutely. It's right near the library, too. Okay. So if you want to make a little jaunt over to the library while you're here. Wonderful. I love it. I love that it's going to be there. It's sad it's not the student center that is torn down. Yes. But, <laughs> you know, someday it'll be. But it will be again when it's finished. <laughs> well, this seems like a perfect setup, though, yeah. to be truthful. Um, so if a student wants to prepare, first off, can you even prepare for the showcase? And if so, um, how do they prepare? And is there any pre-qualifying? Like, how do you get to the state showcase? Well, there used to be the regional showcase, and that's how you got to the state showcase. But we don't have regionals anymore. You just go straight to the state showcase. Um, to prepare, you definitely need to have a project. Um, if you want to know what those 
exact um, possibilities are, go to kwla.org slash showcase. And there is a document there that entails everything. And if you have an idea for something and you're like, mm, it really doesn't fit any of these categories, shoot me an email at showcase at kwla.org and we'll figure it out. Um, we, what we really want is for it to be something you can talk about in the target language, something that's related to the target culture. And um, and so I'm, I'm willing to be very flexible on what exactly this project is, if you'll give me a heads up. Okay. Now, do teachers have to do something prior to attending with their students in the classroom? Is there a written... There is a written part. Um, after registration closes on March 3rd, um, the following Monday, I will send out an email to all the participating teachers that has the writing prompt. And the writing prompt is done ahead of time. I personally give it to all of my students as a writing prompt. Okay. Um, and then I just send forth the ones that are attending showcase um, and you do send those to me also to uh, showcase at kwla.org after you've graded them um, and the grading is simply is it novice mid is it novice high is it intermediate low is it intermediate mid and then you um, scan those in on I can do it on my copier at school and um, and send it on to me and then we go ahead and record that because honestly there's just not enough time in the day to grade all those the day of the showcase with everything else that's going on so we do do that portion ahead of time students attending do they have to achieve a certain level on that written exam no if they get a novice mid on the writing they can still come oh wonderful i didn't yeah. realize that oh yeah mm -hmm. okay huh Okay. Well, I you don't know how you don't know how they're going to do on the other parts. Right. Maybe they're great at speaking. Maybe their classroom really isn't as focused on writing as it is speaking, and so they might rock out right. the interpersonal. I like that. So I like that. That does open it up more towards the level one students as mm -hmm. well, which um, we've had a lot of requests for them to be able to participate. Um, for teachers, in order to have their students participate, are there any requirements on the teacher? I know they have to administer this exam to anyone who potentially might be coming, right. but as a teacher, do you have to have done a certain training or do you have to be a member of KWA? Well, you should be a member of KWLA, and it does state in the rules that in the last two years you should have had proficiency training, and we've talked about this mm -hmm. before. Um, KWLA has not offered that in the last two years, so there is flexibility there. You have to know about the proficiency levels because you as a teacher, the day of the festival, will actually judge students. So we want to be sure that everybody is familiar with the measuring stick that we are using. So if you are not someone who's familiar with novice mid, novice high, intermediate low, what, we're, what we mean when we say those things Get online and figure it out. Call some colleagues. Call me. Email me. We can we can work that through that. That's not a deal breaker, but um, you do need to have some knowledge of it because you will be applying those labels um, to students, and we want to make sure that every student has a wonderful experience and a similar experience to everyone who comes. That's the most exciting thing for us, not only to have the showcase back, as, as you said, Laura, at, at its home, yes. mm -hmm. um, but we want to inspire these students by exposing them to all the languages we teach and all the cultures we teach and make this a day that honors their work. It's our commitment at UK among the faculty and grad students that are participating and our undergrads. Our undergrads are going to be there, our majors, as well as the Kuala board. So. Right. Um, and if you're not a member of KWA, because obviously I've had questions about this, <laughs> um, it's what, 30 bucks or so? Something to join. like that. It's, it's not a very large fee at all. 
And if you attended the conference, you are a member. So right. keep that in mind. And if you're not a member, this is one of the wonderful reasons why you should be a member because you have opportunities such as this available to you. Now for students, um, what will happen the day of the showcase? Can you walk us through? Mm -hmm. This is a OPI question. Can you walk <laughs> us through from beginning to end what will happen to the students that day? Sure. So when they get there, they'll have their project in hand. If it is a physical thing, it could be singing and therefore you just perform when it's time. But if you have an a object that you have created, you'll set it up in the... Um, in the area we've designated for projects. And then you'll even have a few minutes right at the beginning there um, to talk to the people that are setting up their booths um, while teachers have a little powwow about scoring and expectations for judges. Um, then at nine o'clock, everybody will kind of be doing something different, but throughout the day, each student will have a, uh, a test on reading and listening comprehension that's multiple choice and pretty much all the French students will be together, all the German students will be together. Spanish, depending on numbers, we might have two groups of Spanish, um, um, but that'll be in a big hall and you'll take a multiple choice test with 30 questions. You will have your interpersonal interview, which will um, also be your project presentation with follow-up questions from the judge. And um, you will take part in all these wonderful um, lessons that Jean Marie named um, and be able to go through the um, job fair. The other thing is um, I've got a contact who's working on getting a panel discussion together with Lexington City Council members. And he's even dropped the name Jim Gray. So it's possible that Lexington's mayor will be there. And for that event, we will have all students together so that everybody can hear that panel discussion. Okay. So and the, the awards, of course, at the so, end. So the schedule will be sent to teachers, but basically I'm taking notes on this. So mm -hmm. you're going to arrive, you're going to set up. At some point, you have to do interpretive listening and reading assessment. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you're going to have an assigned time where you'll do your presentational speaking on your project or whatever it is, and then have an interpersonal communication uh, scenario with the judge, correct? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're hitting our modes, which is wonderful. And then all the opportunities for students during their free time, they kind of flow through those as they find interest, right? And Well, they actually will be given a schedule. Oh, okay. Yes, they will be assigned to different things, but if they have a burning desire to go to one that they do not have on their schedule, we can be flexible with that. Okay. You know, if they really want to do Russian and they have Japanese and Chinese, <laughs> then um, then that we can make that we can make that happen. Love it. And for teachers, you kind of uh, mentioned a couple things. The teachers will get their students there. There'll be some sort of uh, teacher meeting, mm -hmm. judge meeting. So mm -hmm. if a teacher's bringing students, are they expected to judge? Yes. Okay. You are allowed to bring 10 students, and you will judge up to 10 students. And what I try to do when I'm making the schedule is, if you bought, brought a few students, I try to have you judge a few students. And if you brought a lot of students, I had, you know, okay. it's commiserate with how many you bring. But you're talking about an hour and a half commitment, an hour and a half time commitment during the entire day. So you can still go to the different workshops with your kids if you want to. You can talk to the people in the job fair if you want. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a lot of flexibility, but you probably do need um, some parent volunteers to help chaperone a bit, especially if you have younger students. You definitely need some other adults there okay. because there will be about an hour and a half when you will be 
indisposed. And if that is a problem for any teacher, just have them email you. Right. right? Absolutely. Okay. I, I want to make this as accessible as possible. Right. I had such a good experience as a student at the festival that um, it really made me want to be a French teacher. So I'm hoping that everybody that comes leaves with that mountaintop feeling that I had the first time I did interpersonal speaking with a judge at Moorhead <laughs> and she understood me. I walked out of that room, woo! And that's what I want everybody to feel when they leave. I want them to feel pumped up about language learning. Unfortunately, my experience wasn't as positive. We did really? win. We did a play, drama, and I was so mortified because I was in a bikini on stage. Oh, no. It was not a good experience, <laughs> but it was. But mm-hmm. it was that was just that more. <laughs> Thanks Why for laughing at me, Jimmy. Oh, I was Madame. I, I missed that. Remember year. my role? I had five lines, and I did my nails on stage. Well, all this action happened around me at the beach, and um, Madame Ritzi, that was my name, and I was an American in France. Anyway, okay, <laughs> we won't go there. It was horrible. We did win state, though, um, beating Lafayette. I'll awesome. never forget that. So um, you mentioned prizes. So, like, Jean Marie, where will the prizes, like, are we going to congregate somewhere? or? Yes. There are, are uh, big rooms that have essentially um, stadium seating. Um, And so we will gather there both for the presentation of the uh, Lexington City government people talking about international business in Kentucky and international connections, and then from there move into the prize. Great. That uh, might be a good place for the judges meeting because someone's got little kids, they got to bring them in there. Um, (laughs) And what type of prizes? I mean, are there categories or are you breaking this down by proficiency level? Every student who comes get an, gets an overall proficiency level. We basically take the three scores that they get. So let's say you come in and you get two novice highs and a novice mid. You have an overall novice high, and you will get a certificate that says you scored novice high at the KWLA showcase. So absolutely every student who participates gets that. Um, even if it's novice mid, you still get a certificate that says okay. novice mid. Um, then what happens from there is we have spreadsheets Jennifer Kennedy's our spreadsheet girl. She is. Because last year's spreadsheets, we don't want to talk about those. But anyway, they're going to be great this year. And we divide it up between the different proficiency levels. So all the students who score novice high, we will look at the project scores among all the novice high um, people. And there are three awards per language. So there'll be three novice high awards for French, Spanish, German, Japanese. There'll be three novice high, uh, intermediate low awards. And then... Intermediate, mid, and above is kind of its own category. And then native speaker is its own category. Okay. Also this year. Will it be native heritage speaker? Or? Yes, okay. native heritage speaker. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, I really like that. So there's mm-hmm. going to be novice high awards, intermediate low, intermediate, mid, and above. Mm-hmm. And then the native heritage. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really fair. And what are the awards? Are they they're Metal, crystal or? trophies. Wow. They have the KWLA logo on them. They're pretty swank. I kind of like them. Huh. Of course, I get to pick them out. So, yeah. <laughs> I have high standards for what my trophies look like, and they're they're pretty pretty. And um, the article that's going to be in Kentucky Teacher through Alfonso at KDE has a picture of last year's trophies, which will be similar. Okay. So. Good. Um, now, if a teacher listening to this, they're like, I, I do want to send 10 kids. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many different levels I have or I teach a 1,000 mm-hmm. kids, I get mm-hmm. sent 10, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. If they want to send 10, how do they even register those 10? Well, 
kwla.org slash showcase has a link to the registration. It is uh, you know, one student at a time. You register each student separately up to 10. If you do more than 10, I'll give you an email and say, hmm, we can only have 10. Uh, one thing I want to say too is there's always somebody who wants to cancel. There are no cancellations, but there are substitutions as long as you want. Um, the substitutions this year are going to work like this. Let's say Johnny can't come and Jimmy's going to come instead. He has to know Johnny's name, and when he gets there, he says, I'm filling in for Johnny okay. so-and-so, and, and he has to know that throughout the day. Last year, substitutions were a nightmare. So okay. that's how it's going, and it can go and as, as long as you have a written proficiency score for them. Okay. That's the only caveat. Yeah, one good reason to give it to everybody. There you go. That way if you have to have a fill-in at the last minute, boom, you've got it. Will, so. will there be a place when students arrive, they have to register they're there? Yes, there'll okay. be a place to pick up their schedule and a goodie bag and things like okay. that. Mm -hmm. And can a homeschool student, can a private school, can a, can a student whose teacher doesn't have the time to be able to come, you know, for whatever reason, um, can a student register him or herself? They can. Um, and this is kind of on an individual basis, um, but I will get in contact with you if, if you just sign up and you say teacher nun or teacher my mom or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, we, we want to welcome everyone and so, accommodate everyone as much as possible. For teachers listening, we need to clarify, for right. teachers listening, mm -hmm. if you wish to offer this opportunity to your students but you know you cannot go, what are some things we might want to suggest they do? to get that word out? Like, should they send a note home saying, I won't be there, but this opportunity is available? You could, but do remember that if you get up to like four or five kids, you need to send a judge. Um, we can accommodate this to a degree because we have the great TAs from UK this year, but you can't, if no teachers show up, that's gonna be a problem too. But if, if this is on a case by case basis, one kid here, one kid there, we can accommodate that. But okay. if you have three or four kids, you know, individually registering, I'm going to have to give you an email. I'm yeah. going to have to figure something out. And I would say just, uh, you know, we're in a time where you need to be careful. I would make sure you've touched base with those parents saying, okay, you know, your child's going to be there. I'm not going to be there. Are you coming? And just, right. you know, cover right. yourself on mm -hmm. that um, because then the kids will have no supervision. And that could add, but I, I doubt there's going to be many like that. I doubt there yeah. are either, but yeah. we just want to make sure that it's available I like if there that. is that uh, possibility. Yeah, because so. not every teacher is available on March 25th. 25th. <laughs> so I like that <laughs> possibility for students. Okay, is there a cost involved? And if so, what does it cover? Okay, it's $10 a student. It does not include lunch. You choose your own lunch. And basically, it's buying those sweet trophies and covering the cost of administration, um, the goodie bags. Um, this is not a big money maker. We're not making a big bunch of money on 10 bucks a kid, I'll tell you that right now. It's basically making the event possible for you. So, um, yeah, it's 10 bucks, and it pretty much just covers administrative fees. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if a teacher cannot feasibly get his or her students to Lexington, maybe due to the distance of it, can they do a showcase closer Absolutely. to home? Um, we have, at my school, we did a showcase in the fall to decide who would go to the state. 
and we would be glad to share those materials with you. But we basically use the same rubrics and the same guidelines that are available on kwla.org showcase. And um, each teacher picked their top 10. And then we had reserves, you know, like uh, for people who couldn't go that day or whatever. Um, and so and so we have hopefully 30 kids coming from George Rogers Clark this wow. year. So it'd be great to have many regional showcases. It would be out. great. It would be great. Absolutely. OK, so if someone is interested and they want to read through all the guidelines, because I know there is a page or two of mm-hmm. guidelines to follow, <laughs> um, where do they go to access those? kwla.org slash showcase and you can click on current guidelines and they're the current guidelines they're right there the rubric that's used in the interpersonal speaking slash project is there Uh, the a number one thing i would say that people do a little bit wrong um, just in my experience as a judge at this event is make sure that the thing you do your project on is culturally relevant and that you say something about that either in the presentation or in the writing. I've had to give people zero out of 10 on cultural relevance because it wasn't obviously clear what it was. And when I said things like, is this French in French, I got a shrug. So um, just be sure that you're actually choosing something that is target culture related and state how it is target culture related. That's the the, the heartbreaking zero out of 10 I have to give the most often. Okay. So, okay. Well, thank you so much. If anyone has further questions, how would you, you know, who do they contact? Showcase at kwla.org. Okay. And And if it's about logistics at UK and how things are going to work that day, if you're worried about parking and those kind of things, you can email me at j.rouhier at uky.edu. Thank you both so much for your dedication and time to make the 2017 showcase, The Return to UK, a memorable (laughs) event for our students and teachers. Best of luck, Jean-Marie, with all the logistics. I can't imagine. I don't. Good luck is all I can say with, you know, dealing to that point. Well, Lydia, the showcase not only highlights what students can do with their language skills, it also allows teachers to highlight the fruits of their labor, the language skills their students have attained in large part, uh, the language skills their students have attained in large part due to classroom instruction. And one thing that really shines through at the showcase is when those students are doing the projects and they are interacting with the judges, that's that interpersonal communication. Exactly. And I I really feel that's one of the modes many teachers kind of struggle with. It's a tough one. It really is. So joining us today is Sarah Meredith, past president of KWA. And Sarah is doing a little series for us on the core practices that ACTFL is promoting for effective language instruction and uh, learning. So, Sarah, are you there? I am. How are you, Laura? I'm wonderful. Can you share with us today what is the second core practice that you want to talk about? Yes. So the second core practice that was established at Lill and is being promoted through ACTFL is to design and carry out interpersonal communication tasks for pairs, small groups, and whole class instruction. So first, let me explain kind of why it's so challenging for teachers to understand this one. The key is that you have to understand what interpersonal communication is and what it looks like in the classroom versus what it's not. Interpersonal communication is two-way and interactive. That means there's any sort of exchange where meaning has to be negotiated or clarified. Typically done face to 
face or in a telephone conversation or even through written message, for instance, when you're texting with a friend. Uh, interpersonal can be done between teachers. It can be done between students. But the key is that it's not scripted. It's not a pre-written dialogue that students have had the chance to go home and prepare. It's not one of those text activities where one student always knows what the other one is going to say. So the need to negotiate meaning and listen isn't really there. That, um, it's that makes not sense. just talking about weakness. You know, it's not just saying, oh, well, this weekend I did this, 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 and this, and that's it. The other person has to be able to ask questions that you then have to listen to and interpret to, in order to figure out what in the world the other person wants you to say in response. We're losing you a little bit, Sarah, but I think what I just heard you say is uh, that interaction between the two to clarify. Okay. okay. Yes. It's all about clarification of meaning. Okay. And just to kind of harp on that for a second, I know that I would do a lot of partner work. And just because it's mm -hmm. partner work doesn't mean it's interpersonal communication. So if I was partnering with Lydia and Lydia is going to tell me all about her family and I'm sitting there shaking my head listening, and then now I'm going to tell all about my family, that's technically not interpersonal, no. correct? Correct. What would have to happen is you would have to ask Lydia probing questions about her family. For instance, if she told you that she had five brothers and sisters, you would ask, well, what are your brothers and sisters' names? That requires Lydia to be listening closely to figure out that she want, that you want her to give you the names of her brothers and sisters. Right. But you had to listen to notice that there were brothers and sisters to begin with. Okay. And one thing that I've heard teachers kind of struggle with on interpersonal is they'll say, well, it's novice low. It, it's the first month of class. Really, they have nothing they can interact with. There's no way to do that. And, you know, I'd say, oh, contraire, you can teach your kids some basic phrases. Like for me, for French, it was always a toi and you. You know, they couldn't articulate. Yes. Yeah, they couldn't articulate the full question, but they could say, and you, which allows that person to engage back. So right. th there are ways to do it at all proficiency levels, uh, including the novice low. But um, Right. Well, and one of the problems that teachers run into is when they are having the interpersonal communication with their students, we tend to initiate by asking a question, the student responds, and then we evaluate the students. We tell them either very good or excellent or that was not great. But what we really need to do is when we initiate and they respond, we give them feedback. Tell me more. Ask them some more questions to move the conversation forward as opposed to making it end right then because we've already evaluated it. Good point. Really good point. Well, I, I just feel that interpersonal, uh, to me, it's my baby. It's what I go to when I would teach. It was my focus for my students. It wasn't writing. It wasn't reading. It was interpersonal. And the main reason I did that was you ask any student coming into language class and you say, why are you in here? They never will say, I want to write. I want to write. <laughs> I want to write an essay. <laughs> right. They say, I want to speak to somebody. I want to have a conversation with them. And so interpersonal is a way to sell the language to the students. It makes it really valuable. And then you start sneaking right. in the reading and the writing, right. 
Which, the have tos. Yeah. yeah <laughs> where it's funny because teachers, exactly. we often want to start with reading and writing emphasis, but interpersonal can be easily done. Um, another little tip that I know personally I enjoy with interpersonal is, and, and I'm thinking back to novice low and novice mid, because I think that's where most teachers struggle. Mm-hmm. Intermediate, nobody struggles. No, with they just have a conversation and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Right. Well, if they're intermediate, they can have the conversation. Exactly. Really well. exactly. But um, I know one thing I would do with my lower level units is I would have by the end of a unit almost like um, a, a script, a dialogue that I wanted my students to be able to naturally achieve. And so set like step by step, lesson one, we'd only get the very first little chunk done. Lesson two, I know they could do that first chunk plus add a little. So by the end of a unit, I kind of envisioned what that conversation would look like for my students, of course, not knowing exact words they would put in, mm-hmm. you know, because their own thoughts. But that's how I would always have that focus of interpersonal. So I guess that's a tip I would give teachers on how to do that. Uh, the last thing, Sarah, and, and if you're not going to say this, I'll say it. Um, there's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of emphasis on comprehensible input, and without CI, you don't have language growth. You know, call it what it is. But we have to remember that there's just as much research that supports output. So if a teacher only focuses on CI, getting that input into the student, you're kind of limiting their growth. The students need to be able to practice and play with the language through the output, and that output is usually interpersonal. And uh, study after study has shown that that's how you're really going to have your kids jump up the proficiency ladder. So um, I really like you. And let me give a little, I have a little tool that might help teachers, especially the novice low to novice mid range, in making sure that that output is just as valued as any of the input that they're getting. Oh, do share. One of the things that teachers can use, and I love this little chart, it's called the talk chart. So you, you make a chart with all the names of your students in it, and you put across the top T-A-L-K. And then you put a date next to it. And you only have three possible things that you can do in each of the categories for the children. You can either give them a plus, meaning they did excellent in this category. You can give them a check mark, which means they were good to fair. Or you can give them a minus, which means they need work. And you can assign a points value, like two for a plus, one for a check, and zero for needs work, if you have to assign a number grade to it. But when you're walking around the room and they're doing their interpersonal conversations, they always are worried, oh my gosh, they're listening to me to find out what my grade is. Well, it's impossible for a teacher to assess everything all at once. So if you divide it out, the T stands for talking in the target language. So maybe one day I'm only grading the T category for every kid. Mm -hmm. I I answer questions like, is the student talking in the target language? Is the student trying to communicate? And is the talk task relevant? The next day, I focus on A, just accuracy. Is the student performing at an acceptable level of accuracy? Is the student demonstrating the lesson objective? I don't need to worry about if it's pure target language or if they're on task the whole time. I'm listening for their accuracy that day. Then on the L day, that's their listening. Is the student on task? Are they listening to their partner? Are they listening to the instructions? Then the K of talk is kindness. 
is the student kind and cooperative? Hmm. Is the student working with their group? Or is the student killing the activity by not cooperating? So it's that an easy way for teachers to go through and assess everyone and break it down over four class periods to do one full generation of did they fully get this interpersonal path? That's beautiful, Sarah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I'll go home and write it down. <laughs> well, and you can change. I can send you that email. <laughs> awesome. You, you could, you know, every teacher could, maybe you didn't want to do, I don't know, the K. I, I guess you would want kindness, but you know what I mean. You right. could always put anything you want. I love that, and I'll be truthful. I have never, in 24 years, never did that, Sarah, which uh, it makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. Wow. And it keeps them on task for all four of the letters, which is really good. Yeah. I like it. Exactly, because they don't know which one you're doing. And you can right. do it in any order you want. Maybe you do listening first and then, you know, talking in the target language the second day. They have no idea. They just know you're going around and you're listening to them. So they just get a little more at ease and ignore you right. while you're assessing them. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that strategy. Um, it really kind of pulls together the how one goes about interpersonal in the classroom. But um, we appreciate you calling in, Sarah, and um, best of luck for a school year, and, and thank you again always for all your services. We're happy you're still past president of KWLA, but thank you for everything you did while you were president. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Now, it's time for our pedagogical corner. With social media, there is such a plethora of resources online that world language educators can access, it's kind of hard to know which are sites you should go to. One thing we'd like to do is once in a while highlight uh, a resource that we found, and, and I'm going to be partial towards Kentucky since we are sitting here in Kentucky. Uh, we are very blessed in our state with many forward-thinking presenters, consultants, bloggers. Uh, Kentucky is rocking mm -hmm. with world languages. We're very proficiency-based uh, focus, and I'm going to kind of tip my hat to Jackie Van Houten for that because when she was at KDE, she really led our state in that forward um what do I want to say? Progression, you know. Yes. She was, she was doing. She's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> she is a legend. Um, so there is a blog I want to highlight. It's called Senora Speedy. And it's written by Jennifer Kennedy, who is a Spanish teacher here in Lexington, Kentucky. Jennifer does teach elementary level students, and her blog focuses on sharing elementary Spanish lesson ideas. But these ideas can really easily be adapted to any language. It doesn't just have to be for a Spanish elementary teacher. So if you do teach elementary students, uh, you might want to check out senoraspeedy.blogspot.com. And this wraps up our podcast on the KWLA Showcase and core practice number two, interpersonal, staying um, using interpersonal language. I wish to thank all of our guests, Lydia Kohler, Jean-Marie Rouillet-Willoughby, and Sarah Meredith for joining us. And as always, the University of Kentucky for providing the technology, location, and broadcasting of our podcast. This is Laura Rocha-Youngworth for Language Talk KWLA saying au revoir and happy teaching.